Welcome to The Father's Heart with Tom Clark, better known as Papa Tom. Good morning. This is Papa Tom with The Father's Heart Talk Show. I'll have an interesting conversation and um, discussion today, and our morning's topic is going to be about dreams. But before I get into the, talking about dreams, I have this thought that was going on in my mind uh, on the way uh, here. I was thinking of a movie that I had seen years ago, Trading Places, with Dan Aykroyd and Eddie Murphy. And uh, they toasted each other in the movie and said, feeling good. Uh, I forget the character's name, but Dan said to Eddie, Eddie Murphy in the movie, feeling good. And Eddie Murphy responded and said, uh, looking good. So this exchange back and forth, and I was thinking about sometimes when we wake up in the morning, we should look in the mirror and say, feeling good today, looking good today. And if you have that expression going by in your mind, it sets the tone for your day's experience. And that's why my morning experience today, I'm, I'm feeling good and I'm looking good. And I started to think of myself, why am I feeling so good today? Why am I looking so good today, I guess? I hope I am looking good, by the way. <laughs> but I'm certainly feeling good. I'm feeling good because I think I just got back from vacation. And, um, well, I did get back from vacation. I spent um, a week last week at Hilton Head with my family. And we had 23 people there, 12 adults and 11 uh, grandchildren uh, in Hilton Head. One big house, about, I think it was about eight bedrooms. Uh, very interesting uh, way the house was set up. Um, to accommodate 23 people. For the first time, I realized that you could put a bunk bed together and put a king-size bed on the bottom and a, a double bed or maybe even a queen-size bed on the top and, and fit at least four, maybe five people, uh, two adults and two or three kids up on the top of the beds. And uh, just before I turned on the radio station, I saw this video clip of my youngest son Samuel had done about the video vacation and with his permission, maybe I'll share pieces of it. But I realize that that's why I'm feeling good today. Um, I'm looking good because I'm tan from the sun, and I'm feeling good because I've had uh, tremendous uh, family experiences. And in having those experiences, uh, we realize that uh, we have the presence of God with us, and uh, we can take him wherever we go. So to uh, experience times with family like that, and uh, we need times like that in our life. Get away from the rat race, get away from uh, places where uh, we feel the burdens of uh, uh, life pressing down on us and we go to the beach and we just have fun. And uh, perhaps I will be able to share with you some of that uh, experience. Um, and you can see it for yourself next week with my son's permission. Um, <clears throat> The other thing I would like to share was uh, some of the experiences I've had recently um, that indicate the, the presence of uh, a father in our, in our lives, of God the Father in our lives, and how he touches our lives in so many different ways, and how he communicates to us through dreams. Um, the uh, experience I had, uh, another experience I had the other day was I was at a coffee shop, and there was a young mother there with her uh, firstborn son, turns out. Uh, two-month-old baby, two-month-old baby was in the arms of the grandmother, and the grandmother and the mother were having coffee, and uh, I was thinking about dreams and, and how dreams are important to us, and uh, they were on my mind. And so um, I stood up from the table, and I walked over to her table, and I asked her how old her son was, and she had two months old, and it's the firstborn son, and, and uh, there he was in his grandmother's arms and just smiling 
uh, and just bringing uh, life uh, into his grandmother's face. His mother was just uh, beaming. Both the mother and grandmother were just beaming with this, this little child. And uh, I wanted to give them a book, as I often do. I gave them the book, The Boy Who Found His Name, and I told them what it was all about and how um, uh, each one of Papa Tom's Tales books helps children overcome the fear. And I said, he's a little young. He's only two months old. And the mother says, don't worry. about it. I, I read to him books all the time. And so I said to her, well, this will be a good one to start with, uh, the, book, the Boy Who Found His Name. And so I started walking away from the table, and the, the mother came to me and said, could you, could you sign it? I said, sure, I, I would love to sign it. So I uh, got a pen and I started signing. Do you want me to sign it to you or do it to the son? She said, I want it to sign it to the son. So his name is John Anthony. I don't know his last name and it's not important, but it was important that the moment to put his name down. And I thought, and I prayed before I wrote it into the, uh, um, what I wrote down that I always try to give somebody a blessing uh, when I do sign a book. And this particular one, since it was on my mind about dreams, I felt the Lord wanted me to give this child the blessing of having good dreams in his life. And so I wrote that down. I, I blessed little John Anthony to have uh, good dreams in his life, dreams that would bring out his calling and destiny at an early age, and that he'd have a good communication with God through dreams. So I put that in there, read it to her, and sat down, and it was... Uh, a very good exchange and a very good blessing time. And um, a few minutes later, I think the mom had left and she came running back in and just thanked me profuse, profusely uh, for the blessing. And I realized that it dawned on her how important that blessing was, that it was so unusual to meet a stranger in a, in a coffee shop. And the stranger gives her a book and blesses her child. And, and the, uh, I think the... Uh, the weightiness of the blessing of having good dreams on her, her son, whom she obviously loved so intensely, uh, was an experience that she was not expecting. That would be an example of a serendipitous experience, uh, serendipitous for me and for her, actually. Uh, and it was a, a great blessing for me to be able to do that for her. And I'm sure it was a great blessing for her to receive it from God. It just wasn't for me. It was something that I felt God put it on my heart to to do, and it was something that um, she very much appreciated and realized. And these are the things in life that, um, when we do experience them, they enrich our lives, and it comes out of our um, our spirits. I would say, in, in a way that uh, our condition for these experiences, um, maybe hours before, the day before, or in the uh, the nighttime. I feel the nighttime is a very important time that we can um, understand dreams and what they have in, in mind for us. Um, so uh, with that in mind, I would also like to say that um, I have uh, changed slightly my um, mission statement uh, for the Father's Heart Media. It's um, bringing the hearts of the fathers to the children and the children to the fathers I now realize that uh, there's actually a verse before that, verse 5 in Malachi 4, 5 says uh, that it, this is the times of Elijah. And that was another experience that I had uh, maybe two weeks ago. Um, August 11th to the 13th, my wife and I went down to a 
a ministry uh, called Morning Star Ministries in Fort Mill, South Carolina. They had an advanced profit conference, and I went down there with my wife. Um, I'll tie this back in together with dreams in a moment. Um, and I went there because I had seen a little advertisement by Rick Joyner and Chris Reed where they were sharing that these are the times of Elijah, and that's what this conference is going to be about, bringing the hearts of the fathers to the children, the children to the fathers. And I realized that's what uh, God has uh, been speaking to me for the last three years, and that, that's the underpinning for the Father's Heart Media and Papa Tom's Tales. And so I had just had to go. I said to my wife, Janie, we've got to go down there and we'll see what's going on there. So one day, a lot of experience I had there, but the second day that we were there, um, we came late to, the, to one of the meetings, and there was no chairs on the first floor. And it's a large uh, former hotel where the setting is. And there's a stage in the ground floor, and there's an atrium, and it's built up on certain layers. You've got to, I think it's three floors high, um, like four, four stories high, actually. So there's a ground floor, then, then three, three levels up. And all the chairs on the ground floor were taken. Then we had to go to the second floor, and they were taken. So I had to go up to the third floor. And finally went to the third floor, and we found two chairs up there. And I looked over the railing uh, down at the stage, and it was like, wham, I had a deja vu experience. I said, I've been here before. And I said, how could it have been possible that I've been here before? Because I've never been at Morningstar, and I've never been in this particular seat, and I never looked over a rail like this. Why was it so vividly clear that I'd been there before? And then it struck me. I had been there in a dream. I had been there in a dream, I don't know when. I don't even remember the dream, but I do remember that in a deja vu experience, for those of you who understand that, it means you've been there before or you, you're experiencing in reality something that uh, indicates that you've been there before. That's so how could that have been possible only if I, in a dream, I'd gone into my future and in the future had experience with that. So I'll ask you a question. How, how many of you listeners have had deja vu experiences? And if you have had deja vu experiences, you may want to uh, contemplate and process, A, why did you have them? Uh, how did you have them? Uh, they had to come to you in some form of subconscious uh, presentation, which oftentimes takes the, um, the um, experience into the dream-like world. So uh, the other thing that uh, I think is very important about dreams is I see it uh, as a primary way that God our Father wants to talk to us. It's in through dreams. Um, we want to have experience with them 24-7, like Enoch did in Scripture, one of my favorites, by the way. Um, and the Lord just brought that right also back into my mind. Um, we want to have experiences with him 24-7, maybe seven or eight hours a night uh, in, uh, out of the 24-7 we're sleeping. And at our, our sleeping period, if we can reach what the scientists call is REM, rapid eye movement, we, we're in a position where it's a deep enough sleep where we can dream. So our rational minds are quieted down and we're not... Um, exposed to distractions, and uh, we're not thinking rationally in a, in a rational sense because we're, we're bounced out of sleep. And it's a perfect time for God to speak to us. And it's a place where if we open ourselves up to it, 
and I do this every night now going before I go to go to bed, I uh, ask him, I, I pray and I ask my father to speak to me in the night watches and uh, not allow any things come in from uh, nightmares or anything from another place. Uh, it's a blessing, by the way, for your children to, uh, to have these kind of experience. If you pray over them that they have uh, good dreams at night so the enemy doesn't try to scare them with uh, dreams uh, that uh, cause them to have fear. Um, it's, uh, it changes your night experiences. So on Monday night, I remember having a dream, and I think, uh, sometimes I think things that happen during the day uh, influence the dreams we have at night. I had an uh, experience on Sunday with um, two young men uh, who I met in a parking lot outside a church, and they were um, just uh, ex, uh, uh, well, actually an ex, ex-football players from Davidson College, um, I don't know if the correct word is to say X. They're, they're former uh, Davidson College students. They were Davidson College alumni. And we got on a conversation about um, the college being uh, a situation that became extremely liberal. And I was asking them why they thought that was the case. And uh, uh, they didn't really have a good, they didn't know. They had just certain opinions about it. And um, I said, well, Davidson College originally was Christian. And they said, well, it was originally Presbyterian. Um, but now they made rules that you don't need a Christian uh, to be a, a president of the college. It's fine. It doesn't, that really doesn't matter that much in at one level. At a deeper level, I asked them, why was it that it seemed that in many college campuses that they weren't allowing freedom of speech? So I asked them that question because uh, from what I've seen on a lot of the news reports and so forth, they um, uh, do not allow conservatives to talk on college campuses. Uh, so uh, it's like hurt speech or something that they come up with. And I said, this is just so, so bad to be, to, that you uh, have a time in people's lives that they're that age between 18 and 22 uh, where they can't have an open forum to speak. And they were mentioning that they remembered a professor that they had at Davidson who was very much into free speech and um, uh, saw the value of it. We talked a little bit about John Stuart Mill as being the philosopher that said uh, our founding fathers um, relied on and, and based their thought about freedom of speech in the First Amendment and how important it is for society to have free speech. Freedoms are so important for, for life and to uh, enjoy that and to be able to, if a institution curtails free speech, it has an effect and it has an effect on the, the people's lives that are experienced, particularly the college students. So, so they said they thought that, that Davidson was opening up and there was gonna be more free speech and I said to him, well, let me, let me share something with you. I said, here's a thought. I said, suppose, uh, do you think Davidson College would allow me to have a conversation with students in which I said, um, the first commandment that God gave people was to be fruitful and multiply. It says it right there in Genesis. And I said, the LGBTQ community is an attempt where it is actually uh, restricting people's ability to be fruitful and multiply. Because men, having sex with men and women and women and transgender, then what they do to mutilate their genitals are uh, against reproduction. 
I said, so can I have an open conversation in Davidson College about that? And they looked at each other. I said, no, I don't think that they'll allow you to talk about that. And I said, well, what about this idea of free speech? Can't you have that conversation and have people have different opinions and express it? So we went around and around about that. It was a very interesting conversation. Well, the reason I bring that up is the night later, uh, the next day, actually, I think it was Monday night, I had this dream. And in the dream, I was at Georgetown University, which is where I went to college, and I was a professor at Georgetown University. And I was um, in this really, really nice place. I was really felt all my needs were taken care of. I didn't have to worry about the necessities of life. They, they put me up in a nice uh, a house on, on campus. By the way, Georgetown doesn't have camp, uh, prof- uh, accommodations for professors, but in my dream, this one did. I had all my food taken care of and, and uh, accommodations for living and so on and so forth. And my, I was teaching on radical biblical thoughts. And um, that was my subject matter. And that was my, my course that I was giving at Georgetown. And uh, students were coming to me and listening to these thoughts. And I was sharing very similar thoughts that I was sharing with uh, those two young men who are uh, alumni that. The interesting part of that story was two or three hours later, I got a text from those young men asking me uh, to meet with them to have coffee uh, or dinner because they wanted to continue the conversations. So uh, those are things that you know happened. Uh, it was a real life experience I had with the two young men uh, on Sunday, and then on Monday I have a dream. There's a correlation between the experiences we have on life and dreams that God gives us. So what is involved with the dream that I had? I, I don't know what uh, God's actually saying to me, but I think it has to do with something have to do with conversations with college students. Uh, as a professor, a teacher, as somebody in that, in that, in that ilk. Um, when we do have dreams, it does connect us with God. It connects us with our Father. He wants to talk to us. And uh, oftentimes, we try to have conversations with him in our mind, and our, in our rational minds, and that's not the way it works. It has to be spirit to spirit. He's spirit, we're spirit. And, and the dream world is the world where uh, spirit to spirit conversations uh, can actually occur. I was thinking also about bringing up uh, how important dreams are. Uh, dreams really have changed the world. Uh, two dreams that came to my mind that uh, altered the course of history were in uh, the life of Joseph. When uh, Joseph, first of all, dreamed that uh, two sets, a double dream, that he was going to uh, be in a position of authority over his father uh, and mother and brothers, uh, which caused them to be intensely uh, jealous of him and sold him into slavery. But when that all worked itself through, he became a, uh, a dream interpreter, and that put him in a position when Pharaoh had his dream, um, he was released from prison, and uh, he could share with Pharaoh uh, what was got to be seven years of famine, seven years of plenty, first seven years of plenty, and then seven years of famine. And um, by Pharaoh listening to what Joseph was saying and making him essentially prime minister and putting him in charge of Egypt, he changed the course of his uh, history for Egypt and actually for the world out of that. And it helped his family uh, survive. 
The next thing that was uh, another big dream was Daniel's time in Nebuchadnezzar, when basically the history of the world was given to Nebuchadnezzar, and Daniel interpreted all that. So those are just are two of, of many, many dreams in, that we have in, in uh, the Bible that tell us how important that dreams are. And they're so much, uh, can be so much of a part. Um, they are so much of a part of our lives. Uh, sometimes people are afraid to dream, and they're afraid of the nighttime. Um, they're afraid of experiencing uh, uh, dreams because of past experiences they've had with them. Yet there's so much of a place of, uh, of benefit and, um, and pleasure that can be brought out of dreams when we're, we're getting the good ones, I should say it that way. Um, so uh, after that dream we had uh, on um, Monday night, I began to think and ponder about today's session. I started realizing everything I'm doing right now, I'm living the dream. I'm living the dream in life because I'm having dreams. Uh, Papa Tom's Tales, each one of them came to me in a dream on a Friday night. And on Saturday, the next day, I began to write the backstory, the, the dialogue that I saw in the pictures in my mind. Um, if uh, you might recall earlier, I had a very interesting conversation uh, about uh, four weeks ago, four or five weeks ago with Dinesh D'Souza. And I was thinking about the Dinesh D'Souza uh, interview. And right before I had the uh, interview, which was taped, I had a dream one or two nights before, and in the dream, God showed me this Johnny Appleseed. Uh, There's a picture of Johnny Appleseed with a, a burlap bag, and he had seeds, and he was throwing the seeds out into the field, and then uh, he turned around, and I saw that the Johnny Appleseed's face, or that's how I describe him, was Dinesh D'Souza. And I shared with Dinesh D'Souza that uh, the dream that I had, and how I saw it really being speaking to his uh, his calling and his destiny, which is really when I see the biggest importance of dreams in our lives is they will show us what our calling and destiny is. So if everybody that I have you talk to, if you ask them the question, do you want to talk about your, your calling and destiny? Everybody wants their calling and destiny. They want to understand what it is, and yet they don't realize that the, the avenue, the channel, through one of the channels, our primary channel, that our calling and destiny can be revealed to us, it can be revealed in dreams. That was an example of a dream I just gave you uh, with Janesh D'Souza, and he was shocked by it and uh, with no pre-warning for it. And yet his response was that he found it very humbling, which I found it a very interesting response from a person who has his uh, position in life to see it that way. And I think that uh, if he ponders a dream and, and, and prays into it, uh, about that Johnny Appleseed, he's going to find that there is uh, there's much more into it that can be unpacked because it has many, many different layers to it. Um, I also believe it has a lot of impact in the Third Great Awakening and uh, how Dinesh will be used by planting seeds, which are the words that he speaks, in rural communities. And um, this would come out. By the way, when I went to the Prophets Conference, uh, Michael Jacobs, Mike Jacobs, who was Cindy Jacobs' husband, was sharing how he thought that the Great Awakening was going to start in rural communities. And I said, that's exactly what the Lord showed me. So we had a conversation of that, and I think in a future radio show, we're going to bring Mike Jacobs on and perhaps his wife, Cindy, and we're going to talk about the Great Awakening breaking out in rural communities. All is coming out of dreams, dreaming this, dreaming that. Um, 
and it's going to impact your calling and destiny. Uh, the other thing that uh, I wanted to share was uh, in this time that we're living in, it uh, was prophesied by Joel when he, in the book of Joel, Joel 2.28 says, And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. Well, here I am get, growing some white hair, and I'm getting this, uh, these dreams. So be blessed and um, receive the blessings that God wants to give you in your dream life. I just the action step you could take if you want to take it because you're my listeners and if you open your hearts to it, open your heart before you go to bed tonight and you just pray that God gives you dreams from heaven and he shares with you and gives you revelation of your calling and destiny, Papa Tom's Tales and Papa Tom, the Father's Heart Talk Show. Thank you. You've been listening to The Father's Heart with Tom Clark. Join us again next Thursday morning at 8 right here on News Talk WSIC.